What's happening, everybody? What's going on? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 404 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on weekends occasionally. Welcome to the podcast. Not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into the show. The Yanks hosted the Tampa Bay Rays this weekend, and they were able to take two out of three. It was a big series for them. Um, you know, they needed to go into this one and and at least take the series um, in order to avoid potential disaster in the American League East standings. And they did. They took the series. Would have liked to sweep, but that definitely didn't happen in the first game of the set um, where they lost. So we'll talk about it. Let's get into it. If you want to follow this podcast and subscribe and share it with your friends, download the episodes. You know where to go. Apple Podcasts and many other platforms. You can listen to it there uh watch it on youtube follow me on social media facebook and instagram rj carbone on facebook and on instagram on at rob j carbone and of course go to bd4blog.com for all of that plus my blog so the first game of this set uh took place gee was it friday night uh it was jeter night it was Derek jeter night they um yeah i was listening to the ceremony i was at a i was at work for the first couple of innings, so I was listening to Sterling, and you know they were playing the ceremony. I miss Jeter, man. I do. Like I, I just miss, I miss watching him. He was just so fun to watch. Um, just his style. He was just a, a true five-tool player. You know what I mean. He had the defense. He was so fun to watch defensively at shortstop. Those jump throws. The just, you know, charging those grounders and making those underhand throws. Sort of like, oh man. And then at the plate, his style of hitting was my absolute favorite. Which is why I'm such a big um, fan of DJ LeMayhew. It's just the style of hitting. Because he reminds me of Derek Jeter. In that sense, the style of, of hitting, the approach, just the single, 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 double in the gap. Hit it the other way, settle. Doesn't have to go up there and hit home runs. Makes a lot of contact. Clutch. I miss him, man. Just seeing that 300 batting average every year. He was just so perfect. He really was. Um, and, of course, he just had the perfect winning mentality. You know, and you just you just missed, you missed those guys. Um you know, my, I don't know if I've said this before, but I'm not big on, like, ceremonies and all that garbage. Like, usually I think it's excessive. It's just overly dramatic. It's like, okay, we get it. But it was Jeter, so I did want to listen in. And, um, yeah, you would have hoped that um, the Yankees would have won on Jeter night, you know, like they did on Paul O'Neill night. Um, but they did win in one area on Friday. Al Steinbrenner came out to give Derek Jeter his check, and he, you know, to his foundation or something for children. And Yankee Stadium is just ruthless. They booed the living shit out of Hal, um, and I mean they they booed him. Um, so that was cool, well deserved. Um, honestly, couldn't you know. 
couldn't deserve it more. Um, but yeah, that, that happened. Jeter gave a, a nice speech. We listened to that. Uh, he, he gave a quote that I knew would blow up because Yankees fans and the internet loves to make everything, to twist everything out of proportion. He said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing here, something about, I'm sorry I haven't been, you know, here much over the past few seasons, but you can look forward to seeing me more, hopefully in the future. Something like that, he said. And the Yankees fans are twisting that, and they're trying to make it seem like, do they know something? Is Jeter going to become the GM over Cashman, or is he going to become have some type of role? Hopefully, if he does, it's not in that bullshit advisor role that they just label to like Pettit and Sabathia. They gave it to A Rod, where it doesn't do shit. It's not a real role. <laughs> it's just like show your face at a spring training uh, event here and there. It's, it's hopefully he gets a real role, and I would love for him to be GM. I don't see that happening. I think that's a fantasy more than anything. Um, I've talked about it before. Maybe he could be like a work in a player development, not player development, scouting, like player scouting department, something in, you know, because he, he, he's a good talent evaluator. He's a good evaluator of which players are hungry and you would think, right, players that are winners. I feel like he'd do well there. But it was Jeter night on Friday night and the Yankees unfortunately lost. Um, Montez Montos going up against some random for the Rays, who's apparently one of their better prospects. Um, top of the first inning, he gets the two doubles. The Rosarina double puts in one, one nothing Rays. Top of the fourth, uh, Wander Franco and Randy Rosarina again double. Um, we'll get to that whole thing. The fourth inning, uh, it was four nothing Rays. The bottom of the seventh comes. Aaron Judge singles in a run, four to one, Tampa. And then the bottom of the ninth, the Yankees cut it in half, four to two, when Higashioka home runs. But the Yankees lose, um, and they only score two runs on nine hits, eight of them singles, two walks, eleven strikeouts, just one for seven with runners in scoring position, and one error. Yeah, like I said, it was another random, um, just shutting the Yankees the fuck down. This guy won six innings against them, let up no runs on no walks, struck out 10 Yankees uh, as he was in there. Um, it was just a straight-up vile-looking lineup, but I guess that's what happens when your team is built of brutal, uh, brutal, uh, brittle 34-year-old veterans. Like, it's going to happen. Higashioka led the team in hits with three. Don't care. Judge uh, had two hits, a walk, and an RBI. Miguel Andujar, two hits. Gleyber Torres, one hit. End of the game, just shy of a game-tying short porcher there on the warning track. Um, but he was out. Uh, but I want to talk about Aaron Hicks here uh, because this game... Wow. Um... You talk about like the worst 10 minute stretch of baseball that one single player could have. Aaron Hicks put himself on the candidates list at the very least. Um, so I think it's it's early on one of the one of the early innings 
maybe I think it's in the third inning. He strands first and second with a strikeout. Then he goes to the outfield in the top of the fourth inning. Proceeds to drop an easy play in the corner. In left field, it drops just shy of the foul line. So it's fair. But he stares at it after dropping the ball. After it pops out of his glove, he looks down and stares at the baseball because he assumed it was foul. He didn't see the umpire's signal. He just assumed. Not focused enough. And he lets it just roll around and he just stares at it and feels bad for himself. And the runs come in. Awful. The most pathetic display of baseball ever. And then the very next play. Oh, we're not done. He did the uh, the classic Aaron Hicks spin around, which we've seen him do this year. Tracking down a ball and just spinning around and misplaying the fuck out of it. That costs them. I mean, he gets pulled from the game half inning too late. Honestly, he should have been pulled on the fucking spot if this ballless jackass of a manager had a single ounce of alpha male in him. And honestly, let's be real too. The only reason he was eventually pulled was to save Aaron Hicks from feeling the raft of the Bronx crowd um, every time he stepped back out there. And I'm sure part of it was also Aaron Boone having to save his own face from the media. Because if he didn't do it, they would have been on his ass. But you know, man, it's it's like I'm so dumb with it. Like I it's honestly it's honestly amazing that Brian Cashman still has a job. Like how how you even muster up enough coward in you to not only hand this vile, rancid piece of garbage meat any money is incredible, but to not like to still keep him on this contract the entire time while he's been absolutely dreadful for you. You still keep him around all these years. This long. Year after year. And now it's month after month. He's still here. How is that possible? How is he still on how is he still rostered in the major leagues? Yankees fans were chanting for Joey Gallo towards him. They were chanting for Joey Gallo, who, quite frankly, may be the worst Yankee of all time. And, I mean, they weren't wrong to either. That's the scary part. Listen, sometimes, listen, sometimes people choose the wrong career path. All right? That's okay, though. You know, Hicks is still a young man. He's, what, early 30s? He's still got time. I know he likes golf. He's a family man now. Hey, man. Not too late. Florial comes in after him to replace him. He misplays the ball. But the difference between Florial and the veteran Hicks is, is the rookie Florial stays with it. And then because he stayed with it, he stays with it, he was able to make an excellent throw to second base to get an assist to catch the runner. I think that was in the fifth. 
but it's like Aaron Hicks. He's got, I don't like, like Florial sucks. Florial can't hit for shit, but I'd still rather see him out there because at least he's young and sucks and he's not old and sucks. So give me young and sucks over old and sucks any day of the week. And I do think he's a better outfielder. He has the tools to be much better too. Hicks has literally, he literally had one solid year in his 10 major league seasons. One. How is he still here? He had one. When he hit 27 home runs in a career high 137 games in 2018. That was it. One good full season. Now all that not to say Frankie Montes was good. Because that guy... Boy, he absolutely sucks. And my goodness, if we're talking about Brian Cashman, I mean, this is pretty bad too. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. I. Great, great trade. Great trade. Just a real bang-up job by Brian. Trying to think back, who, I mean, how many guys we just... Like, we gutted the pitching depth. Sears was involved in that deal. Gone. Uh, what's the kid's name? One of the top guys. Wesnetsky. Gone. Uh, the other top guy, another W pitcher. WC, his name started with the two W guys are gone. Sears is gone. Um, somebody else, even, I think, is gone. Montgomery's gone. I mean, that was another deal. I mean, the, Yankee, the Yankee pitching depth, in a big part, of you were hoping they would have got more pitching. It's very shallow. It's very, very shallow. Hence why you're seeing guys like Weber and Weiser and even Marvin Gonzalez the other day pitch. But Montes, you know, Montes has to get it together. He needs to. You know, he needs to before the playoffs. And that's where he needs to really help us out here. He was supposed to be a number two. He's pitched like a number four, number five. His good is, eh, his bad is awful. He does pitch well versus Houston in his career. So maybe he comes through the playoffs, but we have to see. And that was it for the first game of the set. Jeter night. Uh, they lost 4-2. to Ugly. Second game of the set came, and the Yankees won. Their first of two in a row. Taking this one 10-3. Tyone versus Kluber. Corey Kluber. Bottom of the first inning, the Yankees score off of seven consecutive singles. Eight total in the inning. It's 6 nothing. Bottom of the second, Donaldson homers. 7 nothing. Top of the third, Wander Franco, a single. 7-1. Bottom of the seventh, wild pitch. Donaldson stumbles in. <laughs> almost trips, or he does trip. Um, going home, but he makes it. IKF singles, 9-1. to one. Eighth inning, the race score two more, 9-3. And then the bottom of the eighth, Stanton homers off of the foul pole. 10-3 uh, Yankees win. 10 runs on 15 hits. Two of them are extra base hits. So 13 singles. No walks. 
12 strikeouts and 7 for 11 with runners in scoring position. I loved it. Loved it. It looked like a ton of energy. It looked like they had that life. Um, and they were locked in. I loved the seven consecutive singles in the first inning. That was awesome. Just to go boom, 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 all in a row. Eight singles in the first inning. 13 singles total. Almost 700 hitting with runners in scoring position. Just awesome. Pounded Kluber. He only went two-thirds of an inning. Two outs in the first. That was all he was able to go. Six runs, eight hits. Didn't strike out a single batter. Only had two swings and misses. <laughs> and usually when a pitcher implodes that badly and, and doesn't generate many swing and misses, you'll hear the speculation of, you know, is he tipping his pitches? So maybe he was. But the whole you know, 15 hits, 13 singles thing, awesome. I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> Just not an indicator. Nothing I look at and say, this is a good sign. And I say that because, you know, we talk about it plenty, so I don't want to waste time. Just the way the Yankee roster is built and structured to hit home runs. They slug, they strike out, they hit homers, they walk. So it doesn't mean that they're going to continue to do that. Aaron Judge had three hits an RBI. His 120th RBI at the time. Two hits in the first inning he had. Um, Stanton, Glaber, Donaldson, Cabrera, and Miggy Andujar, and IKF as well, had two hits apiece. Stanton had the garbage uh, the garbage time homer for number 25. Came off a position player. Glaber had two RBIs. Donaldson had an RBI. Bat flipped another single. Cabrera... Had two RBIs, almost another assist in right field, but it was overturned. Miguel Andujar had an RBI, and then IKF had an RBI, and also an E6. Jamison Tyone, who is our featured starting pitcher of this series. Went seven and a third innings, three runs allowed, six hits, one walk, eight strikeouts, 99 pitches in the win. He pitched really good. He's now 13 and four with a 3.94 ERA. Left the game with runners on second and third. The bullpen unfortunately couldn't hold it there, but nonetheless, it was a very strong outing before that. His curveball was working. He had the fastball command, um, and he didn't allow any home runs for a change, so that was nice. So credit to uh, Jamison Tyon, and then from there it was Trevino and Lasagna to lock it down. And that was the third game of the set. Let's get to, I'm sorry, that was the second game of the set. Let's get to the third game. This one happened this afternoon. As I am recording, it is Sunday, September 11th. Um, yeah, Yankees won this one, 10-4. to 4. Domingo Herman versus Patino. Bottom of the first, Glaber Torres home run to right field made a three zip. Top of the second, series singled three to one. Bottom of the second, Judge sack fly. Stanton home run, Torres home run, Cabrera home run, and all of a sudden it's ten to one Yankees after two innings. Top of the sixth, Bethancourt doubled, Walls singled in a run ten to three. Top of the ninth, Choi singles in a run ten to four. The Yankees still win. 
10 runs on eight hits, four of them were home runs, six walks, four strikeouts, and three for three hitting with runners in scoring position. I'm loving it. Loving it. This was a feel-good Sunday win. Kind of different, though, than the 10 runs they scored on Saturday because this was more extra base hit-driven. That four home runs, a bunch of home runs, as opposed to a bunch of singles. But the same lineup once again, only the second time all year where the Yankees went back-to-back games with the same exact lineup. That's crazy to me, but not shocking at the same time because this is the new new age Yankees. Um, scored a bunch of their runs early, then kind of just laid back and coasted. First pitch swinging and just getting through the game. Uh, Torres had two hits, two home runs. Now has 21 home runs on the year. Four RBIs in this game. Now has 58. More on him later. Um, everybody else to hit in this game had one hit. Judge had a hit in RBI. More on him later also. Stanton had a hit connected on home run number 26 on the year. Three RBIs. Also walked twice. This guy's going to be key down the stretch here. Um, he's key. He's got to get it going. He's their best power hitter outside judge. Um, got to get his timing back. And he's starting to get it lately. Better swings. Staying in the zone. Um, so we'll see how far that can go. But Stanton's a big piece to this team down the stretch. Um, Josh Donaldson had a hit. He's been hitting more lately. Walked as well. Cabrera, two RBIs. His first career home run in this game. A no-doubter from the left side of the plate. Went into the bleachers. He's been taking reps at first base lately in practice too. So that's going to be interesting. Higashioka, single and a walk and Marlin with a single. IKF was 0 for 2 with two walks. Made a nice play at shortstop. And then Miggy was 0 for 4. <clears throat> uh, he was hitting well before this game. So maybe he bounces back at Fenway. But he looks fine out there in left field. Made a nice throw this series for an almost assist. <laughs> and then ran one down to the wall today. There's always going to be that hope there with me. That Higgy... Uh, fuck no. Miggy can uh, still be something here. I'm not saying he's going to be what he once was. But I still hope that he could be something of above average at the plate. You know? Um, Domingo Herman. A scoreless inning in the first. That was it. I guess we were doing the opener thing with him, trying to outraise the race. Um, but he was thrown on three days rest through 90 pitches in the doubleheader the first game. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to bitch about it because the game's over and, and they won and it worked. But he threw 90 pitches three days ago. He didn't throw 100 pitches last night. 90 pitches three days ago. Like, couldn't throw him 80 pitches? I, You know, I, I get it. They have the day off tomorrow so they can afford it. No. But, like, whatever. I did like seeing him out there waving the flag pregame. Absolutely just beautiful. Um, so, yeah, the Yankees want Domingo, Licky, Weissert, Peralta, Trevino, uh, Trevino, Marinaccio, Schmidt, Holmes. Uh, who gave up runs? Licky gave up runs. Uh, an inherited run came across on Weiser. Uh, Trevino gave up a run. Marinaccio gave up a run. An inherited run. 
Schmidt was probably the best one out of the pen. Four strikeouts in two innings. Holmes didn't look great. Shocker there. Yeah. The two featured position players of the series. Our first goes to Aaron Judge. That's not him. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge this series, guys, was 6 for 12 with 6 base hits, 3 RBIs, a walk, 4 strikeouts, 2 runs scored, and 6 total bases across these 3 games. On the year, Aaron Judge is obviously remarkable. He's batting 307 with a 410 on base, a 679 slugging, and a 1089 OPS through 137 games played. He's got 55 home runs, 127 RBIs. I'm sorry, 21 RBIs. <laughs> Triple crown alert, man. I can't believe that like, I'm saying that. Like, he's he's fourth in average and first in the other two categories. He's not too far off. Which, if he... If he's like this the rest of the way and he finishes right just shy of the Triple Crown. How are there any human beings on Earth who can even think about Shohei Otani? I can't believe there's a fucking debate. But I guess if you're on the internet, there's a debate over anything. One thing I do hate is the whole Aaron Judge leadoff thing. I know, you know, you're going to tell me that it worked, it worked. He hit a couple homers in that spot. He hits a home run anywhere he bats. <laughs> and I know you're going to tell me this. You're going to tell me that he gets at-bats. He gets more at-bats. I don't give two shits about your bullshit at-bats fallacy. I don't think this team is that pathetic offensively to where I wouldn't risk putting him third, God forbid. Where the best all-around hitter hits. And where he could likely get more at-bats with runners in scoring position instead. But hey. <laughs> it's literal reverse logic sometimes with the way the the Yankees build their lineups. Like, they'll lead the guy off with the most home runs. They'll clean up with the guy with the least home runs. They literally did it with Falefa. Um, they'll bat the worst hitter on the team third. They've done it with Hicks, Donaldson. Like, it's just reverse logic. It's, it's like kindergarten shit. And the other featured position player of this series, Glaber Torres, who went 5 for 14. Three singles, two homers, five RBIs, two strikeouts, three runs scored, and 11 total bases on the three-game series for Glaber. Looking better lately. Shot the ball the other way sometimes. A few times. Um, yeah. <laughs> 240 hitting on the year. 719 OPS. 292 on base. Listen, like, at this point, like, with me, it's just, this is who he is. Like, if, like, Glaber's locked in sometimes, and then Glaber's sleeping other times. That's it. Like, I'm not looking at this as, as anything more than just the hot streak that he's ran into. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should be buying in, but I, I just, I just don't see it. I just think this is who Glaber Torres is. But, um, Yeah. We're going to head to break. When we get back, 
We'll talk a little bit more. Stay with us. Hey, fellas. I've noticed that only a small percentage of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and want to be alerted every time a new episode drops, consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the podcast grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, so if you guys want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. That's Facebook, RJ Carbone, and on Instagram, I'm at Rob J. Carbone. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 404 of BD4. And uh, that's it with the Rays this year. I think that was the final series. Did well against them. But overall, man, when it comes to, like, wins and losses, for me, it was never, and still isn't, about the division lead, I have confidence that the Yankees will take the East. Always have. You can go back and check. And it was never just like it was never about home field either with Houston and, and the Yankees when they were neck and neck at the time. To me, it's just about getting wins just to look like a playoff team. I just want wins to know that the Yankees are good still because they were 500 for so long since the middle of June. They're, they're still under 500 since then. So that's all I wanted wins for. Like, I still had confidence they would find a way to win the division, and I think they will. I just want to see wins to look like a playoff team so I know that they're good and they can have some consistency here. Especially as we head down the stretch going into October. And remember, what mainly bothers me, too, about this team is the structure of it. And the philosophy of it. The way they are built and the way they approach things. That's what bothers me. We've talked about this before. Um, when I say structure, I mean the home run or nothing lineup. I mean the many players on this roster who don't settle for the single and double enough to make contact, right? I mean, that's what I mean. I don't, I mean not having enough contact bats. When I say philosophy, I mean many things. The way they approach hitting with analytics. The three true outcome idea. The way they approach the pitching staff sometimes. How they're so lacking in fundamentals and they seem to not really have that urgency from their manager. So there are a number of things like that that bother me and concern me when it comes to this team winning in the playoffs. But as of right now, they are 85 and 56. Solid. Um, 15 and 6 gets them 100 wins. Which is crazy to think that, like, again, just a few months ago, all they had to do was play 500 ball to win 105. Like, there was a point. Which is nuts. Now they gotta go 15 and 6. To win 100. But things are, you know... They've stepped up, right? In the last seven games, the hitting has stepped up. Um, yeah, no. 
Let me see if I can pull it up here. Man, where are those important? <laughs> there it is, the mic. The mic was off. Not the mic, the camera was off. Um, In the last seven games, the Yankee offense is averaging eight runs scored. Sorry, six. Six runs scored. A 268 average, an 820 OPS, 14 home runs, and eight strikeouts total. Or on average, 14 home runs total. So their hitting has been stepping up. Their pitching, which has been their, their main strength all year, has been consistent the entire way. But in the last 20 games, their pitching staff is averaging three runs a game allowed. In 18 of those 20 games, 18 of 20, they've allowed four runs or less. So they've been impeccable. And some of those runs aren't earned. Overall, lately the Yankees are 6-2 and two in the last eight games. So, they're playing well. I don't have too much to complain about. I do want to see more time from, from Peraza. You know, I, I didn't like that Peraza didn't play at all in the past two games. Um, I, I get it. You're going with the exact same lineup that produced 10 runs yesterday. And they get it again today with the same lineup. So I understand that. But it's like you called up your number three prospect, man. You didn't call up some journeyman. Your number three prospect. Those cream of the crop prospects are too important to toy with their development. You can't toy with their development. So he needs to be playing every day somewhere. So either send him back down to Scranton where he can play every day or start plugging him into the lineup tomorrow or Tuesday because not playing every day is not developing. He's not progressing that way. He's just sitting there, neither doing well or awful, just sitting. He's not progressing his career that way. Let's not have Nick's syndrome here. All right, and go full on Tom Thibodeau and stunt the development of our youth. All right, I already have problems there. All right, that gives me that gives me a lot of headache. Um, but it's like you know, IKF was brought here to be the stopgap. That was set when the Yankees didn't chase any big name shortstops, and instead they paid four million for you know for a one year deal on IKF, a cheap stopgap. What is a stopgap? A stopgap is meant to hold it down until the final product is ready. Well, guess what? The final product is now ready. And now he's here, but he's not playing every night. That has got to change very soon. You cannot improve if you do not play. I have a bad feeling that he won't play, though. Especially if Donaldson continues to hit. And Donaldson's going to play because it's politics. He's the veteran. He's making the money. You know? So it sucks. Probably not going to see a ton of Peraza. Should we? Absolutely we should. But we probably won't. And I also kind of wanted to see Rortvid. They called that Big Ben Rortvid the other day. Because uh, Trevino's on leave at the moment. You figured you'd see him today. Day game after a night game. But they doubled up with Higgy. 
I mean, the Yankees literally never do that with their catchers. So it's another example of this odd stubbornness they have towards their prospects. But other than that, no complaints legitimately. Um, Bader, I, I think he's coming back soon. I don't expect him to play a big role in this team, honestly. Not this year. Britain, same thing. He's supposed to be back soon. I don't expect him to factor in at all. Probably just give him some bullshit low leverage innings here and there before the regular season ends. He won't be on the roster after that. He's probably done as a Yankee, honestly. He's a free agent, so. Severino soon. I mean, when is soon, though? They, they keep saying he's coming back, so he's rehabbing this week. I, next, Did he rehab already? I don't know. Maybe he's starting up his assignment. I don't fucking know. I haven't been paying attention. Um, I don't know where the hell Efros is. <laughs> I honestly have no idea. Carpenter, obviously done. Benintendi, obviously done. Um, and those two, for me, those are the two biggest injuries. Like, you could stick a fork in the Yankees season unless they get production out of the guys replacing them. Because Carpenter was huge. The lefty pop. Benintendi, that contact guy. Just huge. Losing both of them for the year. To me, you could stick a fork in the Yankees because of that. That's just me. Um, That's it, man. I can't wait for the Knicks. <laughs> At least the Knicks have a better shot to exceed their expectations. You could make that case that the Knicks have a better shot at reaching their expectation than the Yankees. Might not be saying much, but at the end of the day, that's that's really what it's all about. Is is the to- the tone of their the tone of your favorite sports teams? Uh, let me speak clearly. The tone of your favorite sports team season is always depicted on whether they reach their own expectation. It is if the Yankees don't win the World Series, the tone of the season is going to be disappointed. If the Knicks don't reach the playoffs, it's going to be disappointing. But if the Knicks, Knicks, I I think they have a better chance of reaching theirs. Making the playoffs as opposed to the Yankees winning the series. That's crazy. It's a good time of the year. The NFL's back. The Giants had a big win. Their coach has a sack of balls. Didn't like the MLB rule changes. They got one out of three with the shift being banned. The other two are interesting. <laughs> never, a pan, uh, never a fan of the pitch clock. Um, and the whole making the bases bigger. <laughs> just <laughs> so you can prevent injury is just the most 2022 softy error thing ever. Um, but it is my favorite time of the year, man. It's fall time. gets dark early. The weather is cool. Nighttime October baseball outside in the garage or on the patio. Oh, my God. Or at the stadium. Be going to some games. Yeah, you got the NBA coming up. Obviously, football is here. The four major sports are meeting at some point. That's just the best. Got Halloween season. Michael Myers going to start coming on TV soon. Got House of the Dragon now. It's nostalgic, man. This time of year is my favorite. Let's get to a final break, get back, and we'll uh, wrap it up with our NYYMYK MMA question of the day. We'll do our Who Am I segment as well. We'll bring that back. As it's been a bit since we did that. So stay with us, and we will be right back.
All right. Welcome back to the show. I think I forgot to fucking change it. The uh, sound effect might have been the fucking Nyx one. Hopefully it wasn't. I gotta check. I have my volume off, so I can't tell right now. Nope, it wasn't. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> so our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for this episode 404 is... Mickey Mantle played 18 seasons in the big leagues. In how many of them did he hit at least 30 homers with at least 100 walks? Mickey Mantle played 18 seasons in the big leagues. In how many of them did he hit at least 30 homers with at least 100 walks? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. If you get it incorrect, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I'll let you know what the answer is in the next show. Mickey Mantle played 18 seasons in the big leagues. In how many of them did he hit at least 30 home runs with at least 100 walks? With that said, let's wrap it up. With an old friend. We haven't done a Who Am I in a bit. If you are new here, I'm going to list you an old Yankee. I'm not going to tell you his name. I'm going to tell you the teams he's played for in the time period. And then you're going to get a minute to guess who it was. Which Yankees legend. Or not even, it doesn't have to be a Yankees legend. Which former Yankee. So here we go. Who am I? I played for the Reds from 1985 to 1992. And then the Yankees from 1993 to 2001. Who am I? You guys get one minute starting right now. We got our answer. Our answer is Paul O'Neill. Who am I? Paul O'Neill played from uh, for the Cincinnati Reds from 1985 to 1992, and then the Yankees from 1993 to 2001. Paul O'Neill. All right, guys, that's it. Hope you enjoyed the show. Episode 404 is in the books. I am your host, RJ Carbone, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll see you in 405. I'm going to try to get a UFC episode in. It's been a bit. I'm sorry about that, but um, yeah, I, I've just been very busy. But episode 404 is in the books. The Yanks take two from the Rays, and um, 
Got Boston up next. So, at Fenway, we'll see how that works. All right, guys. Ciao. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.